Welcome to the People Analytics and Future of Work podcast with Al Adamson. Hi, welcome back. I'm here with Amy Lavoie of Glint's People Science team. Amy, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Al. So good to see you again. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're one of the few now who are repeat guests to this podcast, and there is a, a great reason for it. Number one, you're super accomplished at what you do uh, there at Glint and even previous to Glint. And you also are very active in how organizations are listening to their employees and in turn responding to COVID-19. Can you, uh, for those who didn't listen to you first time around with Archana, can you introduce yourself and uh, tell us what you do there at Glint? Yeah, absolutely. Hi, everyone. Amy Lavoie. I lead the strategic development function for our people science team at Glint. So we are focused on creating new value for customers through products and consulting solutions. And really, our goal is to help more organizations adopt what we call a people success um, strategy, approach, practice, mindset that really puts people at the center of all the things that we do from a talent perspective. Well, I mean, let's just get, you know, right into it. Obviously, given the crisis before us, uh, the health and well-being of workers is top of mind. And there's a lot of content being shared online around self-care and just really how we're going to manage uh, remote work and, and and so forth. But from a systematic uh, perspective, you know, in doing surveys like you do and analyzing, you know, behavior and helping improve the employee experience, I mean, what are you seeing that's helping elevate confidence among the workforce that if things are going to be okay or in providing insight to leaders to understand what the most appropriate response is? I know that's a big question. Um, uh, but if you can start unbundling that, that would be, I think, helpful for our listeners and frankly, helpful for me. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great question. And, you know, I started off talking about my focus and our focus at Glint, which is a people-centric approach to, you know, everything that we do as organizations. And it's just, it feels like our job is more important now than ever. You know, people are always important and their engagement and what they do and their well-being is always important, but it is heightened to new levels now, and people are being challenged in ways that we really haven't had to face in the workforce, the way that we're facing it, and, and the way we're facing it, you know, really globally and across all industries now. So it's such an important question. And you know, I think one of the most important things I remind myself and I remind our customers is that we don't know all the answers right now. You know, this is the first time that we have experienced a pandemic of this level and also had technology and information to the level that we have it. And so it's one of those times where to me, listening is more important than it's ever been. Hmm. Um, you know, we're sort of figuring this out as we go as organizations, as leaders, as centers of excellence, as response teams and IT teams and comms teams. And we need to have a feedback loop to figure out what's working, what isn't working, what do people need, what do they not need, and adjust really quickly as we get that information. Um, and so, you know, I, I always believe this, but I think I believe it even more now is that the answers are really, our people kind of know best what they need, and they have a lot of information that can help us respond better and support them better. Um, so, you know, I think that 
such a big thing to just keep in mind right now is, you know, keep the lines of communication open so that we can figure this out together. And it's pretty amazing how much employees appreciate that. You know, we hear a lot, especially when you think about something like an employee survey, we hear a lot from leaders that they're afraid to tax people right now with a survey, or they're afraid that people might give them feedback that they can't respond to, or that they won't have all of the answers. And we see time and time again, that employees don't have unreasonable expectations that in fact, often what they want more than anything is just to be asked. And it's, we're getting flooded with comments in the surveys that our customers are asking, just saying, thank you for asking. It signals to me that you care about my opinion. And oh, by the way, I have all these ideas about how we can help our customers and little things that really don't require huge investments that could have a huge impact. So, you know, I think this is not a time to be afraid to ask because we, we're afraid of what the what the feedback will be. Now is a time to really lean into it and to be really open with our people. We don't know if we can do everything, but let's start talking about it and let's figure this out together. And that's so empowering. Hey, Amy, I I got a chill when you were saying that, and I seem to recall I got a chill last time we spoke too. So, <laughs> in terms of the Al Chill metric, you're you're you're, you're way up there. Um, now we, we talked about and written about you know the after the basics, we as human beings want to be seen, we want to be heard, and we want to be empowered. And if leaders aren't asking the questions in a very sincere way with the intent to take appropriate action, then workers feel invisible, right? They they don't like, hey, you know, you're making all these decisions, but, you know, what about me? So what I'm hearing is that just the asking is really important. It's also, correct me if I'm wrong, the frequency in which those asks are made and also the visible response to mm-hmm. the ideas and insights and perspectives that they're sharing. Can you speak to that? Is that what you're saying as well? Yeah, absolutely. You know, frequency is is such an important concept right now. I've always felt like things change a lot and change quickly within organizations in the modern in the modern world of work, but we are seeing you know, speed of change at a whole new level. I, I don't know about you, but you know, yeah. two days ago feels like two months ago sometimes. Yeah. Like March, yeah. I think, was the longest yeah. month I've ever experienced. Yeah, um, some say the longest decade. I know. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We crammed a lot into March. So yeah. it's amazing. So I mean, I can give you so many examples of customers who actually had a, you know, their regular a semi-annual or quarterly survey that went out to people and it closed on you know February 28th. And then they instituted a work from home policy the first day of March and then they, or they, you know, cut off travel and then they instituted work from home policy. Then they closed stores. Then, you know, there's all these things that happened. And so literally a survey that we might've been getting feedback from people a week ago and it it's hard to feel like it's relevant and leaders start asking questions, wait, was this before? Was this after? And mm-hmm. we really want to know how they feel today, not how they felt last week. So it is really challenging us to think about agility and speed. Um, what we're generally advocating for is send a really quick uh, you know, survey or pulse for feedback, really quick, three questions, like keep it really simple. 
and check in again in a couple of weeks or, you know, kind of set it as maybe we check in once a month, but if something major happens, then send another one because you do kind of need that real time, uh, feedback to adjust plans and make the right decisions in the moment. So frequency really matters, you know, in terms of kind of closing the loop, we are actually advocating for releasing feedback like this and results from a survey down to, um, down to the manager level. So if they get enough respondents, enable everybody with this information. And that's been kind of a controversial topic, I will say. But when you start to look at data across organizations, you see an incredible amount of variability across functions, across geographies, and, and down to the team level. And there's a lot even within the individual level, depending on what their personal situation is. And so it's very hard to take a global response to individual and local needs. So at the very least, get it down to your, your locations, get it down to your senior leaders, a couple levels below the top of the organization so that they can take that feedback and customize their response. But best practice, let everybody have this information. You know, I say, be honest with your managers and tell them, look, we're going to give you some information that you might not be able to do anything with, you know, benefits or, um, or, or, you know, technology requests, but we trust you to be able to understand that nuance. And we need as many people as possible helping our, our employees right now. So to me, it's just increasing the army of people that can help when our employees are really struggling and need, need support. Well, thank you for saying that. Cause uh, you know, to your point, the responses need to be appropriate for the audience that is being served. And if there's a blanket, uh, approach, then those uh, nuances, those specific needs aren't going to be uh, visible. And that can be, to your point, location, it could be job, family, it could be function, a number of things. So with that in mind, what would you say to leaders who are decision makers who say, I know what everybody's thinking? <laughs> you know, I I know it's tough, you know, yeah. uh, you know why do a, a set of surveys biweekly or or, or monthly or, or as you su- suggest. What what's the the case that you would make? What would you say to that type of leader? Yeah, and we we are definitely hearing that, Al. So I think it's a really good question. Um, one really interesting, and I mean, I love to be, I love that we can have this response. But one really interesting thing we're seeing, and I will say, we're doing more research on this, so it's some early findings. Is that one of the reasons? leaders will provide as to why they may not want to ask for feedback is that they think scores are going to be really low. It's going to be doomsday feedback. People are going to be really upset and frustrated with the organization. And it has been surprisingly and overwhelmingly positive. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 it, and it does depend, you know, on the organization and on the culture of the organization and what, what industry and, and whatnot. So there's a lot of factors, but we have seen actually engagement scores rising significantly for a lot of our customers who are asking questions about engagement. We have seen lots and lots of positive feedback about what organizations are doing to try to support employees at this time. So first of all, don't assume it's going to be terrible. In many cases right now, employees are, are just grateful for they understand the complexity of what we're dealing with and they're just grateful for what the organization is trying to do even though it may not be perfect um second 
I think it's really hard to know for sure what employees need right now. You know, one thing I think of as, as an HR practitioner and as a leader is that we often know really well what the squeaky wheels think and what they what they want and what they know. And the beauty of a survey is it allows us to truly get a representative look at what's happening with with all of our people. And there can be some real value in either validating the things that you're hearing from the people that are the louder voices or that are better advocates for themselves or for their teams, um, or actually, um, you know, debunking a myth about something that we think employees are struggling with that actually it turns out they're doing they're doing okay with. Um, so I think there is, it's really hard to say we know how people feel right now because you know, things are changing rapidly and it's, we're dealing with things we've never seen before. And so I think it's a time to be curious, not a time to be definitive and assume, you know. Yeah, I I absolutely love what you're sharing. And just to take it uh, a bit deeper, you and I, in preparation for this call, discussed uh, what's emerging because organizations are under a lot of pressure. Most everyone is like, okay, what are my customers doing? Am I going to be making revenue? Is we going to hit numbers? And, you know, most everyone's, you know, looking at lower numbers revenue-wise than they were you know, what am I going to do with my employees? How long can I keep my workforce at the same level? I still need them to be productive. What is my role as a a leader of a team or organization to, to push productivity in the midst of everyone struggling, working from home, having kids run behind them, by the way, full disclosure, we were both going to have our kids run behind. (laughs) (laughs) Although although, (laughs) although my six, five son might be a little hard to, but yeah, it just, you know, the idea that, Hey, we're caring and we want to help you. Mm -hmm. And we also still need to get, you know, work done. So you, you, where do you land on that? Yeah. So, you know, I think it's, it's helpful to think about, you know, one of a framework that we, I know, think about a lot in this industry, but, you know, we think about a hierarchy of needs and for people to be able to be productive, there are certain things that need to be in place for them to be able to do that. And, you know, obviously there's very basic human needs of safety and security um, that are very obvious right now that if we, if we don't address that productivity is is a nice idea, but we, we can't, we can't, we can't think about that when people are afraid. Um, but, you know, you start to go up the ladder a little bit and, you know, you get to things like, like feelings of anxiety. And if people are so overwhelmed by that, you know, no matter how much you tell, you try to focus them on being productive, you know, you're going to have trouble. And, and so that's one of the things that in terms of the importance of listening right now, I think is, is, um, is really important to remember is that by giving people a channel and by and by keeping the communication open, you can reduce uh, reduce anxiety to help people move forward. Um, you know, the other thing that I think is really important related to this topic is the importance of enabling managers at the one-on-one and team level. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things employees actually really need in times of uncertainty is focus and prioritization. So, you know, I don't know about you, Al, but like. The goals and OKRs that I set at the beginning of the quarter, I looked at them um, <laughs> a little different. <laughs> and I was like, oh gosh, I can't, this, this doesn't feel important. And now I have all these other things that feel a lot more important. And so one of the best things you can do to help employees to be productive is to relook at priorities. 
what are the things that you were working on that actually might not be as important right now? Or, you know, maybe we can um, push back or we can scratch off the list altogether or we can move over to somebody else. What are the things that are really critical? And when I say priorities, I'm not talking about our top 12 priorities because we know that that's not a thing. (laughs) I'm talking about like, what are the one to two things that you really need to focus on? And that are going to have the biggest impact on our business right now. And that's one of the most important roles a manager can play right now, in addition to helping people with well-being and all of those important basic needs. But it's just, where do we need to focus right now to ensure that you and our group is having the biggest impact we can have on what our business needs right now? And let's not, you know, get get bogged down by all of the other minutiae that may not actually make a difference. And the The really important thing about that too is that a lot of our workforce right now has major complications in personal life and family life, caring for others and having school schedules that they have to now work in. And and for them, it's not humanly possible for them to be productive at all of those things at once. And so we have a responsibility to make sure that people know what's the most important thing for them to focus on at work. And I think that can really do a lot to help with productivity. And we need to really challenge ourselves to think about what that looks like. Yeah, no, it's, um, there's this ideal state where in a large organization or even a small organization that all my managers are going to coach and manage priorities and workload mm-hmm. perfectly for yeah. everybody. And obviously we know that's not going to be the case. There's going to yeah. be some who are more innately skilled at it. There's going to be others who are just dropping the ball just you know, it's a foreign you know concept to them uh, mm-hmm. for whatever reason and they're going to have to either learn quickly or, or they just might be disengaging people so my pointed question to you you mentioned earlier that you had three questions that you would be asking and i'm sure it could be north of that uh, i presume that some of those are you know likert scale type questions but other are, are open text questions. So yeah, there's two questions here. You know, what type of questions are you asking? Are you mining text yeah, uh, to understand insight and keywords and all that stuff? Um, but also in these anomalies and these you know, variability of good managers, not so good you know, mm-hmm. managers, are you seeing that emerge with the clients that you're working with? And I imagine that just is an opportunity by which to offer resources for them to get better. Is that um, yeah. what you're seeing? Yeah. It's a great question. So just to touch on the manager kind of skill set to support this. Um, I read something recently that uh, I think about a third of employees are not feeling well supported by their managers right mm-hmm. now through these times. Now, the good news is that there's a high percentage of employees that are feeling very well supported. And I think in many ways, managers are shining right now. Um, uh, and in some cases, you know, the lack of a rule book of a playbook might actually be kind of helping us to connect as a hum- as human beings. So that was re- it's really reassuring if we look at the, the percentage who do. Um, of the still fair percentage of employees that don't feel supported by their manager, they say that the reason is that they just don't feel like their manager knows how to help them at this time. So this is not one of those things where you just say, managers, go do your thing. I think this is, it's really important to, you know, one of the things it's it's so simple, but one of the things we've created for our customers because of the importance of that one-on-one conversation is just a really simple conversation guide for managers that will help you know 
read the script, ask the question, some coaching on how to kind of set that up and talk about things that may not be comfortable for a lot of managers. We don't get a lot of reps at this stuff, you know? So you have to kind of coach and guide. And so I think that stuff is really important. And, you know, the role of HR is, it's probably never been more important in sort of playing backup and coach for managers right now, um, you know, to make sure that you're able to help those who, who may be, may be struggling with this. Um, so yeah, that the role of the manager, I think is, is just so important. Um, so in terms of what are some questions you could ask, I'll talk first about the survey level, and then I might share a couple just manager conversation questions. Cause that seems to be pretty helpful sure. right now too. Um, so some really simple ones are, um, a question like, I feel well supported by my company at this time. So, uh, scalar question and really just allows you to get a really quick view of where might there be some hot spots in the organization where they may not feel as well supported. So that's kind of a little bit more of an outcome question. Like how are we doing overall? How are employees feeling overall? And then if you wanted to keep it to two questions, you could follow that up with, an open-ended question that is, what would help you feel more supported right now? Hmm. Um, text analytics has been so helpful for our customers because we are really quickly seeing, um, you know, uh, topic clusters and word clouds come out that actually get you get you to that level of detail really quickly. Where are people needing more, um, and where are we doing well, and what are we struggling with? So you can kind of look at the sentiment associated with that. I think in open-ended questions, this is like the time to really lean on those because, you know, we could ask 45 different scalar questions to try to get at everything, but people have such unique needs right now. So let's just give them a place to tell us what they need. And and we're even sometimes just asking what else is on your mind. So let's just keep it really open and and hear from people in, in any way that they need. Now we have a lot of other questions that we suggest customers consider um, that may or may not be more relevant depending on, on, on the industry and the situation. Um, but some of the important drivers of engagement right now are about well-being. So, you know, asking question, a question about whether or not employees feel like the company cares about their well-being. That's actually one of the things that becomes really high impact in hmm. times of uncertainty. Employees don't need all the answers, but they want to feel like leaders in the organization care about them as people. So that's a really helpful one to see kind of how are we doing at demonstrating that. Um, uh, asking about priorities. I know what I should be focusing on right now. That can sort of force and be that trigger to managers to focus on prioritization mm-hmm. per the earlier discussion. And then resources enablement. I have what I need to be able to focus on those priorities. That's a, you know, a great way to get to the next level of, okay, I know clearly what I need to do and I have what I need to do it. And, you know, again, it's okay if we can't provide all of those resources, but having that dialogue is really important. Um, and then, you know, one of the things we, we've been adding a lot of questions as the situation evolves. Uh, a lot of customers are really interested in questions about remote work. So going straight there with, you know, I, I have what I need to be productive while working remotely. Um, also connection. And I'm not talking about internet connection, which is very real as well. <laughs> but, you know, do I feel like I'm staying connected to the organization? You know, and humans are just kind of figuring out what it means to connect in a virtual way through work. You know, it's just, it's just being tested 
in so many different ways. So we designed a question that my company is doing a good job helping us feel connected to one another. So those are just some concepts um, that we're, a lot of our customers are starting to incorporate. Well, let me take off uh, on one in particular uh, because it's, it's become just a, uh, I'm trying to think of something more constructive than I was about to say firestorm, but I don't want to say that here in, in California um, or for a variety of other reasons. We've got enough uh, drama going on. It's, it's this, is that when you talk about manager effectiveness, uh, there's the skills of the manager and then there's the frequency in which those skills are applied. Mm-hmm. So taking off the connectedness thing, like managers yeah. are having to spend, in my view, and I'd be interested if you're seeing this as well, more time with their teams than they did in the past. There's no, okay, I see them out of the corner of my eye, you know, the water cooler conversations right, right. aren't really happening. Therefore, the touches are becoming more frequent. So that's concept number one I'd like you yeah. to, to comment on. Comment number two, when you do that at scale, so now I you know, have, let's say, five direct reports. If I'm spending more time with all of them because we're all in we have to stay connected and everybody's in front of their computer right now. So I do not know about you, but I want to look at my, uh, the data on number of emails I'm getting pre crisis and, and posts. And I was getting a lot before now I'm getting more pretty. Yeah. That's my subjective reality, but I just, you know, how do we handle collaborative, you know, overload uh, to use the term from, you know, Rob Cross and, and, and others is mm-hmm. it, it's a lot. It's it's a lot right now, and in my view, I, I don't you know know if it's sustainable. You know this frequency, um, which is great, it's it's needed right now. But you know wh- where are we going to land on this? I guess yeah. might be a more pointed question. Yeah, will be really interesting. It's it's hard to not stop and and think about you know how what are the habits and norms we establish through these unprecedented times that actually you know will stick. Um, through, you know, once we get through this, which we will get through this. But, uh, you know, I think that there are things like really being intentional about meetings and whether it's worth it to have a meeting. I think things like that could be a positive outcome that comes from this. You know, I, I think so, you know, I actually, I was sharing with this, you, this with you earlier, Al, you know, I've, I've worked remotely most of my career. So this is not necessarily new for me. Um, but, we had to, we really built our team as mostly a dispersed team. And um, in many ways, it feels like they're having avenues for frequent connection and collaboration. Like there's almost like, you kind of can't do too much as long as it's an invitation and not a requirement. Hmm. So people have different needs in terms of how much they want to engage in that, how much quiet time they need, et cetera. People have different schedules. And what we've found, especially kind of emerging in the the last couple of weeks within our own organization is, um, you know, people are kind of jumping in and out depending on where they are and what they need right now. We've had some virtual coffee dates and lunches and happy hours. And some people said those have been the best meetings that they've had because there's no agenda and they just can connect. And some of the best things we can do as managers is maybe pose a question that has nothing to do with work and is Mm. kind of fun. You know, I think right now, some of the things that we need when we are, you know, cortisol levels are heightened, we're in fight or flight all the time. And sometimes, sometimes what we need is like a break from that and Mm. 
we can facilitate that as managers in a way that doesn't feel like more work and more hard thinking, but is actually really just about the connection part. So I think it's important as managers and as leaders to like make sure there's a balance across all of those things, make sure that there's optional stuff, um, but that it's not all required and then let people engage as it makes sense for them. But I have to say for our team, we've gotten really high participation in all of the like open invitations that we've given higher than I would have expected and probably higher than my sometimes introvert self would prefer. But I, I think the invitation's been, been well-received. That's that's such a great idea. And I, yeah, I couldn't celebrate that more. And I'm also seeing, and this is, you know, I can imagine some are going to kind of cringe at this idea. There's more connection time being spent at the outset of meetings as well. So mm-hmm. it's not uh, just jumping in, particularly if yes. they haven't connected in a bit. It's like, hey, you know, how you doing? And yeah, for me, I really uh, have enjoyed that. Um, and if I think about others, you know, if there's an authentic uh, inquiry around my personal well-being or someone else's, it just it, it, it feels good. Yeah. That being said, how does that affect productivity, you right. know, moving forward and, yeah. you know, what's, what's your capacity to really be present for, for somebody else? And again, that's, you know, an open question that we'll, you know, find, uh, you know, the answer to in, in due course. Where I want to toggle in, in the balance of our time is, is this, is that the insights that you're gleaming into the workforce or that you're facilitating the creation of is like historically the audience has been HR and I have long been advocating that we need to facilitate broader governance around workforce insight, meaning some of the questions or some of the answers that are going to come out of these questions that we're generating are going to be delivered by communications, which is, you know, front and center, given what's happening right now, facilities, um, IT, and, uh, you know, that's all going to impact, you know, the employer worker experience, you know, ongoing. So, you know, what are you seeing and what would you advocate? Because it's not just HR, it's not just people analytics, right? It's, it's those who are actually going to affect change. And that's not, that's going to be beyond, you know, us analysts. Mm-hmm. What are your What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it is. A, it's a good observation, and you know, I'm. I think I'm with you in the camp of like, the more the merrier at helping our people. You know, I mean, I think that's always been where I've sort of defaulted. Is it can sometimes feel scary as an HR person to say like I'm going to uh, relinquish this control to a manager or to a leader to you know review the results themselves or have the conversation without me or prepare the insights without me. And, um, but I always think that the more people working towards our mission and our, the thing that we're all, you know, so motivated by, which is helping people like the better the organization will be. And, um, you know, I mean, there are a lot of like new stakeholders, especially with the, some of the types of things that we're advocating for, like, you know, ongoing listening and conversations. And we really think conversations are one of the most important things right now. Uh, there's a lot of people that kind of have opinions about that or that want in on that. And, and um, sometimes it slows us down, but sometimes it speeds us up. I mean, we've mm-hmm. had many examples where our HR um, contacts are saying, I, I just don't know if we can do this right now. I think it's too much. I think it's going to be overwhelming. And then the head of IT comes in or the CEO comes in and says, we have to do this. Yeah. Um, 
And, you know, it's, it's like sigh of relief from our customers. Like, oh, I, I usually have to, you know, get all of these permissions. And it feels like in some ways we're sort of shedding some of our baggage and we're just thinking about what's the right thing to do. Yeah. That can be really freeing. So I'm not sure if I answered your question, Alan, but I do think it's happening. And I think if we can, if we can kind of embrace the insanity of it, because it is really kind of chaotic um, and there, you have to relinquish control too, because there's things happening right now where people are off running and doing things and we're going to trip over each other every once in a while. But I think for the most part, it's a net gain. No, you, you definitely did yeah, answer it insofar as you're providing a perspective and idea on how to, to move forward. And what I heard is that you are taking a, not only a lead role in, how you work with your clients, but uh, you're seeing that there are uh, people on like leaders, uh, others who are using insight are empowering others to take decisions on their own. It's not, it's less of a centralized uh, capability. And that's where I'm also seeing, and it sounds like you are as well, that our audience, you know, might have been CHRO, we might have got to the C-suite, uh, you know, once a quarter or every so often. Now the insight is going to the top of the house and things are changing from that perspective. Is that what you're saying as well? Absolutely. I mean, I think this trend has been in the works for a little while. I mean, something we really advocate for is like, you have a shifted mindset as a leader, a practitioner, a manager, an employee, when you get to see your own data and interact with it yourself and go and do a query and figure something, go, you know, dig a little deeper or read the comments associated with it, it gives you a sense of ownership and accountability. And I think that mindset shift is when real sustainable change happens. Uh, and so, you know, it's, it will always be a partnership. I think I don't, I don't see that, that ever going away, but the more we can signal and enable more, more leaders, stakeholders, and partners in the business to really feel like this is theirs it is, is when change happens and when we have, you know, that army of people working towards the same goal versus outsourcing it. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to sneak in one more question because um, it takes off of what you just shared. Is Historically, I've found that we have been reluctant to empower others broadly because we did not have faith that they would have the right context around it and thus take appropriate action that could be counterproductive. And now we're in this state where we have to just push this inside out and trust uh, that internal customer group a lot more. Um, and also it's happened almost inherently uh, that the thirst for answers has gone down and the thirst for insight has gone up, meaning mm -hmm. that there's this greater acceptance of probabilistic decision-making where I am getting a piece of, you know, some, some insight, some ideas of what's happening, but it's not the answer. It's not yeah. right or wrong. It's just a piece of, of the puzzle. Are you seeing that as well? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think some organizations are, are evolving there more quickly than others, but you know, the, the reality is, I think we've all probably experienced this in our, in the work that we do is that if you wait and try to find the answer, by the time you've found the answer, everyone's moved on and the organization has moved on and it no longer feels relevant. And right. this, the time we are in right now is testing that at a whole new level. 
So, you know, I think speed is one of the most important is one of the most important things we can focus on right now. And as soon if you try to do speed and like kind of thorough, truly reliable and complete findings, you, those two things can't work together. And, yeah. you know, I think, I think the thing I like to, I like to always re- think about is let's make sure that we don't manage to the lowest common denominator to the manager or the leader that we think are going to abuse this or make the wrong decision. Because I genuinely believe that there's a much higher percentage who get this and will do the right things with it. And the people that don't aren't going to get better unless we give them practice and we give them coaching along the way. And I think now's a time to just sort of try it, you know, and let's see yeah. what happens. People want to do the right thing right now. They want to help their people right now. They want insights that will help them make better decisions, which is ultimately what we're trying to facilitate here. And so let's give them that and let's see what happens. And I have a feeling it's going to be a better, a better outcome than what we may have been afraid of. Uh, I, I sure hope so. And yeah, I believe that to be true. That's what we do, right? We, we want to empower others with, you know, better insight. So everyone benefits, you know, the organization and the people within it, certainly. So, I mean, Amy, you rock. I thank you for your energy and ideas and accomplishments and uh, your commitment to people's well-being and success. So, uh, yeah, great talking with you. Thanks, Al. Really enjoyed the conversation. I know it's a weird time to say enjoy and to feel passion and energy. But, you know, I think there's some silver lining right here. And I really appreciate getting to getting to talk through this with you. Yeah, likewise. We'll see you soon. Yeah. All right. Take care. All right. Stay safe. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for joining the People Analytics and Future of Work podcast with Al Adamson. To find other podcasts, videos, upcoming events, and to join the Global People Analytics Network, please visit us at globalpeopleanalytics.net.